Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How has your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Yelenich. Hello, you wonderful, sexy pleasure seekers. Thank you so much for joining me tonight on this very interesting and fun topic about virginity. What is the value of virginity? Well, we're going to find out soon um, because I'm going to tell you about that because, you know, there's value in virginity. There's actually pretty much value in anything we're choosing, right? So if you're choosing virginity, there's value in it. If you're being a whore, there's value in it. So really, either way it goes, there's value in it. Um, So, yay. And so for those of you who are brand spanking new to this show, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're in for a special treat because this show is always going in crazy directions and angles, I tell you. And uh, what can I tell you about me? So one thing is uh, I'm crazy. So that's one thing to know. And the other thing is, um, I love bodies. I just, I love them. That's my blanket statement. Um, you know, fascinated by them, even fascinated by weird things they do, like, you know, goiters and all kinds of stuff. Just fascinated by bodies, let's face it. Um, actually, there is there are so many things that I'm intrigued by with bodies, including things that create disease and things that create pleasure. Um, so, that's really a lot of what I do with um, my time is that I contribute to people's bodies and um, beginning to eliminate uh, where they have dis-ease, lack of ease in any area of their life, and start to begin to invite them into more pleasure. I actually just had my very first call on my 21-day uh, series called Sexual Magicism, a 21-day odyssey into your sexual magical self. And it has been a really like uh, one hour uh, in, and it's been an amazing, amazing um, shift in energy. Uh, I was just saying to uh, Mike, my lover husband, before I came on the show, he's like, "What's going on?" And I was telling him, I was like, things were like growing. This class was growing as as I was like just um, on the call, and then I uh, I went into I went to stand up and, and like my entire chest cavity physically is like opening up on me, which is, I've had this experience before, which is, it's pretty intense and awesome. And it's like a physical opening. Um, some people would say it's your heart chakra opening. Well, what I'm aware of, it doesn't really matter what we call it, is that there is a sense of massive growth and opening going on. So, mm, just like so, so fun. And um, there's also, so yeah, so I'm creating that call. I'm creating a few other things. I've been asked also to create um, hedonism classes for couples and for individuals. So um, dates will be arriving. I'm just, I got so excited and, and uh, caught up with my 
21 days of uh, sexual magical self that uh, that uh, whole hedonism class dates got a little put on uh, hold. So that's been kind of fun. And guys, there is a no timeline that's too late to join the sexual magicism call. So you can you can still join today, even though we had a call today. Uh, everything's recorded, so you can still receive that. Um, you know, I know that even if I wasn't facilitating it, I'd be on it. I would just be choosing it just because it's it is uh it's a really cool energy of things that I've been um playing with for a long time, things that I didn't even know I was doing um and the vulnerability that the people on the call are choosing is just it's just beautiful, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how people expand their lives and livings with some of the um, the tools we're playing with. So if you are interested in that, you can find me, uh, message me on my website through com. So M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-I-C.com. You can uh, message me through there or you can just send me an email at uh, at hotmail.com and I will respond to you and I will hook you up so that you can be part of this call. Um, you can be on social media for it. There's a private Facebook group, but you don't have to be on social media for it because there will be emails going out um, with the links to the videos. So you don't have to be on social media to be part of it or on Facebook anyway. So what are we talking about today? The value of virginity. Well, this topic was actually inspired um by because I actually know several virgins um which is an amazing thing there are few and far virgins between under the age of 12 these days I have a virgin in my house she's 9 and I hope that that is something that she has a conscious choosing of when she chooses to not be a virgin anymore I'm really like excited for her to choose it consciously uh, or unconsciously it is her choice but it would be so cool if she could be conscious about it so i do know other virgins too and i know people who have had who had their virginity for years and years like even into their 50s i actually met um i was working at a store for uh it was a holistic metaphysical bookstore for those of you who have listened to this show you might have heard me mention it before there was a a fellow who would come in he was a he was a patron of the store and he would come in and he would uh you know chat about all things he was very fascinated by astrology and at the time he was 50 55 years old i guess and now he'd we'd be 70 he's the same age as my mom and um he was dedicated to not losing his virginity his point of view actually was that if you lose your virginity, you lose your connection to your spiritual self and God. And that he, his point of view was that he would lose his ability to do astrology. So, you know, these are all kinds of things that have been going around historically forever. When you look at, um, for example, historical figures like Joan of Arc, you know, they actually checked her to see that she had a hymen to make sure she wasn't lying because apparently if you've lost your hymen, you become a lying cunt. But if you have your hymen, you're somehow a genius and you can then transmit the word of God. Uh, I suppose that has to do with the 
Virgin Mary being sort of valuable, um, which, as my mom said when she was in high school in the 1960s, was, well, Mary could have been a test tube baby. Yes, I know that's highly controversial. Um, it's all good. So when when we look at people historically who have been virgins and been revered for their virginity, I get that we would then go, oh, it's very valuable to be a virgin. Why would you not choose to be a virgin? In fact, why would we ever have sex? Well, for me personally, my body has always been um, intrigued by other bodies, and I've been very aware of my uh, my sexual nature since I was very little, since I was like four years old, uh, knowingly masturbating. Um, and I knew that at that age too, that it was like a de-stress for me. I would, I would be upset. I was living in a home at the time where my parents fought all the time. And the one time my body would relax would be when I would actually masturbate myself to sleep. So it was like a coping mechanism for a while. And it was also something that really assisted me. Um, and so I was aware of sexual energy from a very young age. And I was also aware of sexual tension and all kinds of stuff and um, still am. You know, it's not like I lost the awareness on it. Um, and, you know, and so I was I was aware of my body. I was willing to touch my body. And um, and that, you know, in itself, that does not erase your virginity. Right. So, I, I you know masturbation does not eliminate your virginity but you know what in some places that actually is the case people believe that you know if you've if you have masturbated or whatever that's sinful and that's terrible and you know it's so so wrong and it's really um a sad sad to me sad state of affairs when we can't even enjoy our own bodies yet then we're supposed to be involved in a relationship at some time marrying the so-called ideal person and then somehow or other you're supposed to know what your body enjoys but you've never experimented with your own body so uh, I really encourage you that for the virgins out there if you are choosing virginity cool keep choosing it but please for the love of Jesus on the cross will you please like please know your body Please, like, touch your body, know your body, and pleasure yourself. You are not going to go to hell for it. If you think you are, you know, that's your choice. But truth is, you got to ask some questions on that. So, um, the value of virginity really comes down to the different cultures and how different cultures value virginity. So, you know, I live in Canada, and so as part of North America... There isn't these days a lot of value in virginity. In fact, a lot of kids in school, even really young kids, even like, you know, grade five and six, and I'm witness to these children because I sometimes am, uh, you know, going into supply teach, and I hear conversations with grade five and grade six-year-old boys who are disgusted at themselves for being virgins at the age of 10, and some of them claiming to have had sex at the age of 10 who have never hit puberty. And I'm like, so you've had sex. So what does that mean to you? And they'll come up with stuff. Yeah, you know what that is. I'm like, no, tell me what you think it is. Yeah, I like fingered the girl. And I'm like, right. So where did you finger her? Well, you know. And I'm like, actually, they don't even know what they're talking about half the time. So <laughs> they're... It's funny because there is such a like a revolt in 
maybe it's my community, but I think there's a big revolt in a lot of um, North American communities right now that is like a total turnoff to virginity. And what if we didn't have to judge virginity? Again, it is a choice. And if somebody's choosing it, cool. And if somebody's not choosing it, cool. But we also, we don't have to make people wrong for being virgins and we don't have to make them right for being virgins. Um, in fact, it doesn't even really matter. And it's funny because in um, in in the definition of virginity, it's actually maidenhood, which has nothing to do with men, does it? So can men actually be virgins? Hmm. It's an interesting thing. We we talk about the Virgin Mary, but we never have talked about like Joseph as a virgin. So was Joseph a virgin? Did Mary and Joseph have sex after Jesus was born? You know, if, if we're going to bring the Bible into it just for fun, my one of my friends listening is all into, he's like, he's read the Bible. He knows about the Bible, so sometimes I get inspired to Bible talk around him. So thanks for the inspiration, sir. And uh, so, you know, there can be value to women's virginity where there isn't as much value to men's virginity, right? And I think cross-culturally, it's it's uh, pretty common that men's virginity is kind of uh, like disdainful. After the age of 14, you should have eliminated this silly thing called your virginity, um, which we're not even sure why you have the virginity because you're not a maiden. But, you know, there's also like the women who are like, oh, somewhere between the age of 15 and 19, is kind of okay to lose your virginity if you've had a long-term boyfriend or girlfriend or boyfriend mostly. Um, And as long as you've had the long-term relationship and you really love each other, then it's okay. Well, you know, I I think I was like a bit of an out-of-the-box kid in the 1990s and my friends were, you know, having sex with people they loved and then there was my other friend who had sex with everything that walked And then there was me who was just like, what's the big deal about this thing, sex? I'll I'll try it out, whatever. Um, And I think, you know, my experience of my virginity was kind of an interesting story. um, I don't know if I'll tell it on here because I don't know if the person who's involved in that story listens to the show and I really don't want to, like, hurt their feelings. So... It was um, it was interesting. We were young and we didn't know what the heck we were doing. So if you are listening, I apologize if I hurt you in any way. But it was um, it was interesting, and you probably know it. So um, we are actually going to head to break. And when we come back, I may or may not tell you the story about losing my virginity. I may just yeah, we'll see. And uh, we'll talk more about the value of virginity right after this break. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your 
yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MilicaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. So for those of you who are wondering, is there actually value in virginity? You know, there may be some value in virginity, right? So if you've ever actually checked this out online, you might have found that there is value in virginity, my friends. So you know where that is? If you go online and you actually um, look up how much is how selling virginity, there are many sites. There was a model, Giselle, who sold her virginity for over $2 million. There was a thing called Cinderella Escorts, where a model sold her virginity for $3.9 million. Um, And there's something called a virginity auction, where a person will sell their virginity to the highest bidder. And another woman was hoping to raise millions of dollars by selling her virginity online. And so on, and so on, and so on. A teenage model sold her virginity to somebody for $2 million in Abu Dhabi in 2017, November 17, 2017. This is not it's not uh, old, old stuff, honey. These honey buns out there, these are new informations out there. So what if it's not wrong? What if there is value in virginity? I know uh, a couple of years ago, my cousin and I uh, were discussing one of our cousin's virginities and we figured we could fetch a good $2 million from my cousin's virginity. Um, you know, she's, uh, she's about 38, 39 now, but at the time she was about 36. And uh, we figured we could probably fetch a good $2 million for her virginity. She's got, she looks kind of like Barbie with like double J boobs and she's her boobs are bigger than my head. And she's... Uh, you know, fit and beautiful and blonde and she looks like a doll. She actually looks like a doll for real. And she uh, was a virgin until she was 36-ish. And then then as we were just like hooking up some people to buy her virginity 
for like some serious hardcore cash. We weren't going to get two million, but we were going to get close to half a million. Uh, she friggin' lost her virginity to somebody. God damn it, we would have all been rich. Uh, but ah, there you go. I know other virgins out there, though um, her body would have fetched some serious cash. And I tried to explain that to her, but she was just like, no, I want to do it for love. I'm like, that guy doesn't even love you. Let's make some money. And then she found out after that guy didn't even love her, he just wanted her virginity. I'm like, God damn it, we could have made some money. Oh, well. And she lives in a country that she doesn't make a lot of money. So it would have been sweet if uh, she said, yes, yes. All of us, all the cousins gather around. We can all make money off of my virginity. Would have been the maybe the grandest like gesture she could have ever done for all of us. So, and I actually, oh, so funny. Speaking of, uh, as I was, um, as I'm talking about this topic, there was actually a woman that I met several years ago through a friend of mine who uh, lives in North America, and she was absolutely devastated that in her mid thirties, so in her I met her in her mid thirties and in her late twenties she had been dating a guy for two years when she had sex with him once and then he dumped her and she was devastated that she didn't wait till she was married. Devastated. And it was it was something that she was holding on to for dear life and it was actually like morphing her body and she was like holding grudges and she was like gaining massive amounts of weight uh really uncomfortable in her body really unhappy with herself all because and if you asked her she would say that it was all because that she chose to not be a virgin so if you value your virginity then keep it if you don't value your virginity and it has no significance to you then rock on sisters out there have fun because like we just learned, there is no men that can be virgins. They can't be maidens. So just saying, boys are not virgins, only girls are. Haha, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't actually know what it would be called for men because if virginity only refers to maidenhood, um, I don't get it. So just just confused out of my brains right now. Um, but there you go. So people are selling their virginity out of control. Teenagers selling their virginity um, for two and a half million dollars. You know, blah, blah, blah. Seriously, if you got your virginity and you'd like to make some cash, probably you can get it bid on on eBay for real. People are bidding on eBay for that. So a lot of times when we think about, you know, all, all like all kinds of stuff virgin related, we you know, get these images of innocence and purity and, you know, probably Virgin Mary or my cousin, or maybe if you knew her, you would think of her too. Um, and, and, you know, all of the famous historical virgins of the past and um, all the, you know, what made them so valuable. So it was really actually not until around the 14th century where um, Mary, where the kind of like the cult of Mary became very big, uh, Byzantine times. So Byzantine, if you guys don't know when the Byzant, uh, Byzant, sorry, 14th century uh, Byzantine theologians. If you guys don't know what the Byzantine is, um, it's pretty much when you look at ancient Greece, you look at uh, the areas of 
the former Yugoslavia. Those are kind of like the Byzantine eras areas, and then you also look at like kind of uh, northern Africa with like Egypt and stuff. That was like where Orthodoxy was flourishing, which was you know prior to it was Orthodoxy was flourishing prior to Catholicism. So it's where when Christianity started spreading, it really became valuable. Um, because, you know, people were trying to compare, if you were going to be with a woman, you'd want to be with the Virgin Mary. And the only reason the virginity of Mary became so interesting to people is because how does a virgin have a baby? Uh, like my mom was saying, probably it was a test tube baby. Um, but, you know, if you actually consider that, okay, so we make it really significant, this woman um, marries a guy who disbelieves her that she hasn't had sex. Like, I hate to say it, nowadays the guy would probably be going through your phone or trying to go through your phone or trying to go through your emails or trying to go through any kind of evidence to say, yeah, right, you're not a virgin. Look, you slept with uh, Wang Dong Ho like on Thursday and yeah, you're pregnant with his baby. That's not my baby. DNA test. You'd end up on Maury Povich doing 26 DNA tests and even when those all came back negative, um, they probably weren't testing for the DNA of God, were they? No. So you couldn't even claim virgin birth these days, even if you wanted to. So, you know, as much as the virgin birth had uh, value like 2,000 years ago, we have things now that you couldn't even try and claim that. So these things are all things that make me curious. I know my brain is so off track. It's unbelievable. But if we are thinking about the value of it, then actually the whole value of the virginity of Mary created an entire religion, created and sparked the entire Christianity as Jesus being the son of God, not the son of man. And, you know, it's just uh, it's just fascinating to me that we we have created an entire like an entire religion that made it valuable and then the religions that sparked out of that like Islam um, would also value virginity to the point where you know people who were having sex outside of marriage would be killed stoned to death um, and sometimes you know just to make sure that you don't actually have pleasurable sex. They would do other things to your body so that you wouldn't have that. Yeah, I'm on a little bit of a twist in my mind. Plus, my daughter was distracting me at the door to the room that I'm in. Because everybody loves being part of the show and just like showing up and commentating or, uh, you know, waving hands and stuff. So, okay, welcome in, everybody. So, um, the virginity thing is... Something that I think is, you know, I wonder if, so here's my thought. So if in 500 years, um, the world has basically evolved the way it has over the last 500 years, and you look 500 years back, 16th century, um, what was going on, um, you know, there people were not, I mean, virginity was valued, but it was also at the same time, Something where if you lived in a small village, for example, you could be married um, 
like in front of your family and friends and then have sex and then you'd be married in the church whenever a, a pastor or or somebody who could marry you would come along which might only be once a year so you could have been married for like months and months and months having sex but then technically get married in the church even though you'd been married in front of people so there were ways around this that could make it look like people were having sex out of wedlock, even though the wedlock was only according to the church, but then they were having sex prior to that because they'd been married in public. So there was, there were ways that people were getting around with uh, the virginity before marriage thing. And there were things that people were doing so that they would feel like the, you know, they were, how can I explain this? So that they would feel like uh, their sex was valued and that because if your sex is valued, then, you know, the person's going to wait for you to marry you until marriage. But then they would also do things like get married out of the church so they could have sex so that then they could get valued by the church so they wouldn't be denied by the church. It's also very interesting. And so much of the virginity stuff actually does have to do, and the value of it has to do with um, religious points of view. So if you had no religious points of view, would virginity even matter to you? Would you just be like skipping around at some point in your life and just be like bump into a body and go, hey, that body turns me on and then just like go for it? Because, you know, I think that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much what I did. That's what I'm saying. I was just kind of skipping around going, boop a doo oh, that's attractive. Let's try that out for a minute or two. Probably a minute or two, maybe two. So it's uh, it's kind of fun to consider what, you would actually, or, you know, what way you would actually be or what the world would be like if we didn't have a point of view about that in particular, because so many people even get shot, maimed, killed, and harmed um, because of either premarital sex still to this day in different cultures um, and, you know, having virginity sold online for millions of dollars. There's serious, serious points of view about the value of the virginity. So we're going to actually head to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the value of virginity. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
This is The Pleasure Zone with Body Whisperer, Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melissa Yelenich, and tonight the topic is, what's the value of virginity? So, you know, I think the more that I've read about virginity over the years, the more I really get that women's virginity is held in way higher regard than men's uh, so-called virginity, though we can't call it that. Um, because, you know, even when you look at historically famous figures uh, like Mary or Queen Elizabeth I, for example, the Virgin Queen, um, she was not actually a virgin as far as we know. She did have many lovers. She just didn't have any progeny, so they just assumed that she was either barren or a slut, I guess. And and as much as she um, played that role really well after, I don't know, I can only go by the movies I've watched about Queen Elizabeth, um, that, you know, after her lover betrayed her, um, she kind of just like went for the shaved head, white face look, um, stuck on some wigs and went into the, that England was her, she was married to England and uh, that, because she was married to England, she wasn't going to have any more affairs or something like that. So it was one way that she was trying to show that she was honoring God as well, because, you know, kings and queens are so close to God. And it was her way of showing that she was close to God. So there were actually, back in the day, purity balls, um, so that purity balls, not like men's balls that were pure or uh, a glass ball that was a purity ball. We're talking about dances, events called purity balls um, where there, where you would actually show up um, as your virginal self and then you would end up um, being able to meet other virgins. So it was kind of a dance where fathers would vow to protect their daughter's chastity until they were married off to another man, which could occur there at that that event, at that the ball. Um, and the young women would make public pledges of purity with tiaras, glinting candlelight, and of course, lots of expensive food. And they would wear these rings from their father, basically saying that their, their uh, marriage to their father um so how do they write it it's like the um the celebration to the marriage to their father's uh, father ownership their father owning them uh was was real basically they wanted to make it verified and it was really easy because they would just have this event their father was, would protect them blah 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 you wear your ring until you're married and and some of them would actually you know, at these events, sometimes they would be introduced to their their partners, but mostly this was a public vow to uh, say they would be chased until they were married. 
um, in Africa, actually, South Africa, there are virginity scholarships as well. So I don't know. They really have to do some pap smears on those girls to check that. And even at that, you can't go by the hymen to prove virginity because you can be athletic and your hymen can rip. You can So many things can cause a hymen to tear that would make it not intact anymore. So the whole hymen is myth for virginity, by the way, folks. Um, virginity really has to do with penis in vagina penetration. So... So, for example, you know, with with that as the prime example of virginity, you could actually say that women who are choosing lesbian relationships primarily do not lose their virginity because they have not had a penis and vagina. Or men who have primarily male-on-male relationships don't actually lose their virginity either because they're not penis into vagina. So... It's an interesting thing if you're going through technicalities of what equals virginity and what doesn't. Um, although now we do have a lot of blurred lines on that. So it's basically your virginity. I mean, like the little boy in school, I didn't tell the whole story, but the little guy in school figured that, um, you know, fingers, fingering or wherever he thought he was fingering would count as uh, sex. So. I guess that would count, you know, women then in his in his example, yes, that would count. Um and now I suppose too that uh, oral sex might count for that as well. Um I, you know, I didn't count my virginity as an oral sex thing because that would have been prior to the vaginal penetration. I was counting the vaginal penetration as the one that counted. And I think there are lots of uh people that would say that too, but then you look at you do look at other um you look at homosexual couples who are who are primarily homosexual that maybe their choice of sexual activity is uh oral sex and would their first time having oral sex count as having sex if it doesn't count for heterosexuals does it count for homosexuals you know what i mean so confusing so what is virginity to you is the big question and what is the value of it to you? So I'm just wondering if anybody out there has any um, points of view too about what what is actually losing your virginity. Does it only count with uh, penis and vagina penetration? And if it does, then what about homosexual relationships? How does that affect that and do you have to stick something in your vagina to make you not a virgin and if so then it's all those women who were concerned in the 1970s and apparently in Yugoslav former Yugoslavia even up until the 2000s uh that if you used a tampon you would lose your virginity and it's like no that's not a penis but then if you use a dildo does that count it's Guys, it's it's such a complex topic. It actually, in so many ways, is such a complex topic that it's like what defines losing your virginity? What defines having your virginity? What defines the value of virginity? Um, and, you know, could you be somebody who, for example, who has been having anal sex for forever um, because this is the this was the new thing for, for apparently in the U.S., particularly with... Uh, 
young women who are going to or who are in like highly Christian homes, they're having anal sex instead because it doesn't count apparently. But then you look at again homosexual relationships and if they're having anal penetration, that counts to them. So rules schmools exactly. It's just so it's so intriguing to me what people say counts and doesn't count. Oh, I've had anal sex, but you can't go near my vagina because that would be losing my virginity. Oh, I'll give you oral sex, but you can't go near my vagina because that would be losing my virginity. Yeah, so bizarre. So if you've made your virginity super valuable, um, then how much can you actually receive from anybody? Because then you're making rules about what is and what isn't and what you can and can't have. And you get so caught up in your head that you actually stop receiving in your body. That's my awareness on it. So one of the, apparently, the universal conditions that define virginity are socially constructed and have been used to control and exploit mostly women, right? Um, historically, virginity was linked to controlling women's bodies through monitoring fertility or paternal ownership. And within this system, women's bodies were and are presented as products for consumption, tools for labor, and a conduit for the continuity continuity of bloodline, mostly for the continuity of bloodline, right? Um, that's actually an excerpt from Sex, Society, and Medieval Women by N.M. Heckel. Um, that was a little bit of information there. So, and here's a quote from that. It's in an era long before paternity tests, husbands needed some sort of assurance that the children born by their wives were indeed of their bloodline. And taking a virgin wife was one of the one way that a husband could increase those odds in his favor. Virginity's monetary importance created a desire for ways to assure that a woman was indeed a virgin. Virgin brides generally came with higher dowries, making them more attractive to prosperous grooms. And these prospective grooms, in return, were more likely to feel generous when it came to giving a return gift to the bride's family. In order to help grooms ensure that the bride's family was truthful about her condition, many medical tests included descriptions of methods and processes that could be used to prove or disprove a woman's chastity. These physical exams were uh, probably now would be considered sexual assaults for what they were doing to uh, women by far and humiliating too. I don't know if you ever watched the movie about um, oh, what, oh, her name escapes me now. Um, the the wonderful French woman who went to war at the age of 14. Anyway, I can't remember her name in these 10 seconds. But um, when they did, uh, and she also, and I mentioned her at the beginning of the show, she also uh, prophesied the war a war coming, and uh, she went in the headlines, uh, and what the heck is her name? Anyway, she, um, when they did go to make sure she was a virgin, they did it in front of a large crowd. Basically, they sat her on a, a kind of a, a, like a table-ish kind of thing, and had many, many, many men look at her, um, at her crotch to make sure she was a virgin. Um, humiliating, I would think, yes, but she was determined. Um, 
Jeanne d'Arc, yes, Joan of Arc is who I'm talking about. So, yeah, she basically at the age of 14 was uh, completely humiliated just because of a vision she had. And when you look at a bunch of other uh, women throughout history, like Hildegard of Bingen, too, she always sticks out in my mind, uh, mostly because uh, in university I was in a women's studies course on women and uh and uh, spirituality and Hildegard of Bingen uh, her name just like always stuck in my mind probably I didn't pass that part of my exam but I remember her now and um, again she was one of those virgins with visions uh, there, there could have been a whole group of virgins with visions and your visions count because you're a virgin virgin visions for 500 bob they're valuable so yeah, if you're not a virgin, your visions aren't valuable. That's all I got to tell you. <laughs> and, and if you actually believe that, you can just pock and pod yourself into a new reality and say, yeah, you know what? Everything that I think that makes my visions invaluable because I don't have my virginity, just destroy and uncreate all that. And yeah, like I was mentioning the person um, at the beginning of the show who I know, and I know he's 70 now and really valued his virginity and felt that he would not actually be able to do his or see or have his visions about astrology if he actually had sex. Interesting virginal things, I tell you. Very, very interesting. And yeah, what if there's more to tell you guys? I know there is. So women's bodies for a long time have kind of been seen as commodities, right? So chattel, in fact, and like for the longest time, even until, uh, well, in Canada, actually, up until 1981, I think it was, women were not considered really persons that could own their own um, property. 1981, guys, I was six years old, and my mom was waiting for a law to be passed in Canada so that she could own her own property without my dad's or her father's or one of her brother co-signing it. Um, you could inherit, but you would also inherit, um, and there was usually a man involved. And that's Canada, 1981. And so women are only now, and even now, starting to get recognized as people on the planet. Not everywhere on the planet, there are still many uh, countries like, for example, Saudi Arabia um, does not really acknowledge women as anything but chattel. So their their value in their virginity is pretty high. You're a commodity. Your sex is a commodity. Your body is a commodity. And you have a job to produce offspring um, that are legitimate, that are going to be um, only for that, uh, for that person that you are legitimately having sex with so it's it's kind of a kind of a wicked turn of events to be considered chattel and i don't know actually other than um the time of uh you know men do become chattel at times when they've been uh slaves for sure and it's it's a little different though i think just um men with slavery has been times when men and women have been bought as slaves uh, it hasn't been solely men over a lot of time, but women have consistently been sold as chattel and valued for their virginity, much more so than men's virginity has been been valued. 
you know, there may have been, um, and I'm not sure, I'll have to check this out, and I'll, maybe I'll check this out on break, um, that that even men who were part of the harems, who were the eunuchs and harems, I don't know if they were actually virgins became, before they became eunuchs or not, um, but their lack of sex was certainly valued, their lack of, or at least their lack of perceived sex was valued. Um, I'm going to actually go check that out, guys. So I'll go check that out, and I'll let you know. We'll come right back after this break. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MilicaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. So my question was about eunuchs, actually, before I went to break. Just wondering if eunuchs had actually been virgins. Um, that was, was such a sidetrack. But so as I'm reading here, um, eunuchs were generally referred to as a man who had been castrated, which I knew that. But typically, they were castrated early enough in life to change before for this change to have major hormonal consequences. So it would have been prepubescent times usually. Castration was typically carried out on the soon-to-be eunuch without his consent in order that he might perform a specific social function. This was common in many societies. Um, the earliest records for for this uh, intentional castration to produce eunuchs are from Sumerian times. So we're talking uh, 21st century BC, so like 4,000 years ago. Um, and they've been around, eunuchs have been around for a very long time, even until like the last century, I think that was still going on. Um, eunuchs were usually servants or slaves, that, um, and they were castrated in order to make themselves reliable servants to the royal court so they so that you know, they would be assured that they weren't having sex with any of the women in the court, especially amongst, um, in a harem with many women, you would have eunuchs looking over them to make sure that there wasn't anything going on and that the only one producing heirs would be um, the person in charge of the harem, uh, which I can't remember the name of that, but um, there was a name for the guy in charge of the harem. So it's kind of a 
kind of an interesting and sick story, but yes, men's uh, men have gone through some weird stuff historically too with virginity, forced virginity for life basically, um, whether they wanted it or not, and along with women who have been forced virginity for life. And those guys, virginity was valuable too. I mean, it was valuable as slave trade. So they would have been taken really young, uh, prepubescent, before having had sex more than likely um, and used uh, to guard the harem, which was considered a valuable, noble role. Um, but I think what they forgot is that these men had mouths too. And um, they probably could have given oral pleasures. I'm pretty sure of it. So I'm just, I'm just saying, like, when you look at men nowadays who maybe if they've had, um, if their penises are flaccid or if they have some kind of uh, erectile dysfunction, that doesn't stop you from being, a, a, you know, a pleaser, a sexual pleaser, just like the women who are saying, I'm going to have anal sex, but I'm certainly not going to have vaginal sex. You can still be a sexual pleaser and still be virgin here on The Pleasure Zone. It's uh, one of those things that it's like uh, amazing to me how much we've actually harmed people over their virginity, how much we've valued them over it, revered them, pressured them into choosing it, um, you know, gotten rid of friendships even maybe over it because, oh, maybe it was like, you know, uh, you, you decided your friend was a slut. Maybe you had some religious points of view that it was wrong to do that. Or maybe you had religious points of view or no religious points of view that it was right, but you were hanging out with somebody with religious points of view that it was wrong. Um, actually, my we went to a, a wedding in December. My husband's niece um, grew up in a very religious background. And it was it was amazingly sweet. It was like, there was there were so many virgins in that church. I was in awe. Um, I don't. I had never been in the room with so many virgins since I was probably five years old, and a lot of teenage virgins who were specifically really like dedicated to maintaining their virginity till they were married. Um, and there's still to this day many people who are doing the prearranged marriages, no marriage till sex, um, valuing their virginity and holding on to it like it's very very important um what i'm aware of and this is just me is i would prefer somebody who has experience and knows what to do with it so um i'd have to say my first time wasn't my favorite time it wasn't my worst time but it wasn't my favorite so if you value your virginity keep doing it if you don't and you'd like to choose something different do it and if you're judging people for it would you stop it and please join me next week. I'm actually, uh, I think I'm having in my guest, uh, Gaia Morissette, coming on to talk about BDSM life coaching on next week's show. How's it get any better than that? She's pretty spectacularly cool. So come on next week and listen in. Have a great week till then. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melissa Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.